Welcome to Deeper Walks on the Trail podcast. You are on the trail with father-daughter duo Marcus and Stephanie Warner. I'm Stephanie, and I'll be talking with my father, Dr. Marcus Warner, as we discuss topics that help you stay on the trail to a deeper walk with God. Episode 47. Today we are starting a new series. A joy-filled life is possible. Let's talk about how to cultivate one. Hello, Father. Hello, daughter. We get to talk about joy. We do. And it's a very happy topic on today where um, it is actually my birthday. It on is. On the day that we are recording. It so, is. So happy birthday to me. I get to spend the whole day with my father. This is kind of fun. And uh, when we're done recording these, we're going to go out and celebrate properly. So this will be fun. Yay. Yay. Yes, I was very excited to see that the work I had to, the, the main bulk of work I had to do for today was to, to be with you. So, huzzah. <clears throat> yes, and, and we're in person today, so that's nice. You did. You came down and saw me and everything. I am excited to hang out with you and mom tonight. All right. Well, every week we travel together on the trail toward a deeper walk with God. And this week we are turning onto an exciting trail where we will explore joy. This is in honor of the new book that just released by my own wonderful father, Marcus Warner, and our friend Chris Corsi. It's called The Four Habits of Joy-Filled People. Before we begin this discussion, I just want to remind everyone that we have a free tool for you that you can access today. It's never too late to grow your capacity to feel joy, because your brain has the capacity to grow joy as long as you live, and it only takes 28 days to form a new habit. So... Thrive Today and Deeper Walk have partnered to put together a 28-day joy challenge for you. You can sign up for free at fourhabits.org. That's the numeral four, fourhabits.org. When you sign up, you'll receive 28 days of simple joy exercises straight to your inbox. Plus, you can choose your favorite printable calendar for a physical reminder about each day's exercise. Take the 28 Days to Joy Challenge. Start at fourhabits.org. So, Father. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> My little commercial spot. Yes. Makes me happy. All right. Um, as we were brainstorming this series, you referred to this episode, I loved it, as joy bonds, two words that blew up my old paradigm. <laughs> yes, right. And that's a great title. So I just had to throw that in there. In order to understand the revolutionary nature of these two words, however, we're, we're going to first need to go back to the old paradigm. And yeah, I guess I'll first just say we our very first series on the On the Trail podcast. We talked about a lot of these old paradigms. Um, and so you can uh, go back to that series and re-listen to that. There's also a lot of this content that's going to be um, in the Solution of Choice book. If you want more than you get here in this episode, those are places you can go. So, Father, you were raised with a very voluntarist mindset. Please explain what is voluntarism? What is voluntarism? Well, I didn't know I was a voluntarist. So, I mean, but all of us evangelicals were, but we just didn't know it. So, voluntarism is a philosophical system that says the will. You can hear that Latin word, vola. You know, vol. I don't. Do you, what is the Latin word? Do you remember? Uh, voluntas. I mean, it volunt- can take different. Forms, yeah, voluntas. Yeah. So you can kind of hear that uh, that Latin word for the will in here, and it's this idea that our life choices is are at the foundation and the heart of what it means to be human. Well, there's so there's obviously a lot of truth to that, right? Make a um, choices form a lot of the things that we do, and so voluntarism basically says that believe the right things, make the right choices, and 
things will change and your life will be better. And so we are taught to preach the truth and encourage people to make choices based on that. But that was it. That was the whole system. It was kind of like here, you know, believe the right things, make the right choices, everything will change. So that's the, essentially what volunteerism is. Like even my own father, right? We were all raised this way. You know, he used to say all the time, it would be nice to uh, write a book called Believe Right, Live Right, because he kind of had it in his mind, if we can just get people to believe the right things, then everything else will flow from there. So we got a lot of evangelical literature on you know, common lies people believe, and this is a choice, and that is a choice, and you know, salvation is a decision. And while there's elements of truth in all of that, it misses a whole bunch of other things. And so that's what we're trying to correct. And uh, we'll get to this idea. because So I was a happy voluntarist, didn't know it, just going along and, and trying hard to make my Christianity work. And then I watched these, you know, videos by Jim Wilder called Joy Bonds, and it just sort of blew my brain up. So I was like, what is going on here? So <laughs> mind blown. Yeah. Yes. And I do think it's important to circle back just to the fact that beliefs and choice are very important. We're not discounting that. It's just what role do you ask them to play in transformation and in Yeah. The problem isn't with belief right belief and right choice. The problem is asking them to do all of the heavy lifting. It's like if it's all just this. And so we create too much of this impression, and especially for what's been called the duty generation. I mean, that was a very sensible thing. Okay, I'll do my duty. You just tell me what choice to make, and I'll go make it. And so uh, we're finding out that there's actually something deeper going on, even in the Bible and in the brain, than just uh, beliefs and choices. So joy bonds, the two words that blew up your old paradigm. Uh, how did you discover joy bonds? So in uh, 2005, 2006, made the transition from uh, being a pastor to starting Deeper Walk Ministries as a discipleship organization to seeing the ministry merge with ICBC and becoming the president of that organization. And through ICBC, I uh, got access to a whole lot of training curriculum. And one of them was a set of workshops that Dr. Wilder had done at a recent ICBC conference, and it was simply called Joy Bonds. And it was one of those things, you talk about dense, right? I mean, it was going through there, and it was one of those things where you you watch for three minutes, you pause it while you take notes and think, and then you watch for five minutes and you pause it while you take notes and think, because it was just so packed with you know vocabulary I'd never interacted with, with brain science I'd never heard of before, with a paradigm shift I was unfamiliar with. And as it began to sink in, I began to get it, I was like, this is going to change everything. And it really has. So I guess we're holding ourselves in suspense here. What what are joy bonds? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are joy bonds? Okay, so so the two words. So joy basically was this idea that joy was not on my radar, right? It was my idea of Christianity was duty and intimacy, but the idea of intimacy with God was basically spiritual disciplines, and that is do spiritual disciplines, form your intimacy with God. And there wasn't really a category for joy in my thinking that much, other than I know the joy of the Lord is my strength, and they talked about joy now and then, but it felt like a minor theme in the Bible. It was not a central idea. And so just the, that shift to the idea that, wait, joy is actually central and not just icing on the cake, um, and then the idea that the brain is actually wired for joy and wants to run on joy this tells me something about God, right? So if God wired my brain to run on joy, that tells me that joy was God's plan for my life. Well, that got my attention. 
And then you get the word bonds, which is has to do with attachment. And this is the idea that there is below the level of cognition, shall we say, below the level of my thinking and my analyzing and my you know, belief system, there is my attachment system. And what I find is that my attachment system will either bond to people in fear or bond to people in joy. And so all of a sudden, just learning that there was a system called the attachment system, just learning that there was something deeper going on than just my thinking was revelatory, right? And then understanding the power of these attachments and how uh, so many of my beliefs were actually driven by my bonds or my attachments, even more so than what I when I realized. And then you put all this together and going joy and bonds of those two things just kind of blew up my little voluntarist world. And I realized, all right, I'm going to have to rethink everything because it's that kind of a paradigm shifting idea. Oh, and we're we going to just keep unpacking and keep unpacking, and it's going to be great. So while this series is about joy, we're going to be talking probably a lot about attachment and maturity because they're pretty inseparable. Do you have anything up front that you want to say about attachment first? Yeah. So so the model I, I taught and that I was I thought explained everything was – a worldview model that said at the heart of culture is the worldview. And then from the worldview come the values and from the values come behavior. But what I began to realize is that deeper than even the worldview is the belonging that there is in a culture. So it's like in my little subgroup, my people, I have a sense of belonging that these are my people. And whoever I feel that belonging to is going to influence which worldview I embrace. So you know, if I my parents, you know, were were missionaries in tribal Africa, if you're a member of that tribe, then your worldview and your values are going to tend to be similar to one another. So what is this driving force that gives everybody embracing the same worldview? That is everybody embracing the same values and living in the same basic way? And the answer is that they have such a strong attachment to each other. And so I realized that that this attachment was actually a deeper driving force than even worldview itself. And so that was like, wow, I've really got to think about that one because I just always assumed worldview was it, especially when it comes to Christianity, because we tend to think that we became Christians to embrace the worldview and that formed our belonging. But there is some truth to that. And that is that, well, sometimes we create belonging around what we believe but even if I'm creating belonging around what I believe, it's the belonging that ultimately fuels what is going to follow. And that's why it, it becomes such a powerful transformational force. So in that sense, attachment is not like a tool in the toolkit, but it is the toolkit. Well, and when I was starting out in ministry, that's the way I looked at it was I, I'm just here to collect tools to try to help people. And so we had spiritual warfare tools and we had inner healing tools and we had Bible meditation tools, and we had biblical study tools, and we had, you know, community group tools, and, you know, you go on those lists. But when we got to this idea of attachment and maturity development, all of a sudden you realize, okay, this is actually the purpose of all of the tools, that the purpose of all of these other tools is to help people grow their maturity by growing their emotional capacity, and that all of these things, you know, work together to do that. And that even our intimacy with God is helping us grow our capacity and our, our maturity. And so I'm like, okay, this kind of ties everything together and gives it the the goal of what this is all about. Yeah. Well, and on that note, talk more about maturity. So, yeah, maturity, <laughs> uh, 
is kind of interchangeable with the idea of emotional capacity. Life model basically talks about six levels of maturity. And this is a system that Dr. Wilder and his uh, co-workers came up with at Shepherd's House. And the uh, the first one is in utero, which we sometimes skip. But there is emotional capacity actually developing in, in the womb before we're born. That's incredible. Yeah, there's a lot of things developing there already. And then every time you move from one stage to another, it's like a death and resurrection. So you die to living in the womb and you are born into a new reality where all of a sudden everything has changed and you've got to come to grips with this new reality. And as an infant, I can't take care of anything, right? I need somebody else to recognize what's going on, meet me in that problem and take care of me. So... <laughs> Even when I bang the microphone with my hand. So it's like there's people like that. And at the infant level, I just need somebody else to recognize and take care of it. Then I die to being an infant and I am born into the child level years. And that happens when I basically when I'm weaned, I'm no longer uh, where I'm actually getting to the point where I'm eating food and feeding myself. Right. And not taking a bottle, not on the breast kind of thing. So now I am moving to a stage where I need to learn how to take care of myself. So you're like, I got to dress myself. I got to learn how to eat. I got to learn how to go potty and all those things. But I've also, as I progress, have to learn how to take care of my own emotions. And so I just like I need help learning the potty training and I need help with walking and I need help with, you know, eating and dressing and all those other things. I'm going to need help with my learning emotional regulation. So those are all child level skills. And then I hit puberty, right? And I die to being a child and I am born into this world of adults. And uh, what's supposed to happen now is that I am well-practiced at taking care of my own emotional needs. uh, And I am ready to take care of two people at the same time. I can uh, not only make sure I'm okay, but I can make sure that we're both okay. Like, uh, all right, we can can do something together and find win-wins together. And my whole brain system goes through a major renovation at puberty where I, I, my core identity is no longer coming from my parents, but it's coming from my peers. And that's not just a cultural thing. That's actually a brain thing where my brain is more wired to my group. And that brings us right back to belonging and attachment, right? Because who I am attached to, who I see as my people, will give me my identity. So, you know classic high school terms. If I'm a nerd, you know, these are my people, right? And I, I, I see myself there. If I'm a athlete and those are my people, or if I'm in the drama group, or if I'm in the, you know, whatever group it is, but you associate say, these are my people. Well, as soon as you start thinking of like, I belong with them, these are my people, you are now predisposed to embrace a worldview and a value system that goes with that people. And so belonging leads to worldview, leads to values, creates the behavior, drives things. And so what happens is the Bible warns us we have to be very, very careful who we bond to and who we attach to and who we because it's going to have such a powerful influence on the way we live. Uh, the other two things, just to touch briefly, are parent level and elder level. It's not marriage, right? It's when you have your first baby that you go from adult to parent because now you're taking care of not just two adults – but you're you're actually passing on life. And again, you die to being an adult to become a parent, and then you die to being a parent to becoming an elder. And having gone through this recently myself, I was a little surprised at how hard it was. Mm-hmm. Like there was a real sense of this stage of life is over, and there is a new calling on, on me and who I am and how you go through that. And I was, I was a little surprised at how big of a transition that it actually was. 
that was an excellent crash course in the maturity levels. Um, where can people go? I mean, we'll, we'll keep talking. You know, these things will keep coming up throughout our conversations, I am sure. But where can people go if they want more right now? Well, you know, Life Model's core book is Living from the Heart Jesus Gave You. And so if you want the core Life Model stuff, go there. The uh, If you want uh, to get a summary of all of this, Jim and I together wrote Rare Leadership. And that actually has the fullest, probably, explanation of everything that I just walked through. Um, so I would recommend people go there. Awesome. Thank you. We, we are kind of coming up to the end of the episode here. Before we get Dad's final thoughts, I just want to remind everyone to check out the free joy building tool at fourhabits.org. It is simple, it is fun and effective, and I hope you enjoy it. Father, do you have any final thoughts for this episode and, and maybe a vision for what you want to do with the series? Well, one of the reasons I want to camp out here is that because joy bonds sort of mess with my head and mess with my world, it's like, okay, I've got to rethink everything. I sort of want to take people on that journey with me of what it was like to try to rethink all of this and re-envision how not only do I myself tick, but how does Christianity work and how does this all come together? So that's sort of the journey I'm hoping that we'll go on and uh, looking forward to it. Should be fun. <laughs> all right. I'm looking forward to it as well. Well, hey, everyone listening to us, um, it is so fun to be on the trail with you. Thanks for joining us. Deeper Walk International is a nonprofit organization, and we partner with people like you in order to do what we do. Some are on the trail with us as official trailblazers who commit to donating $25 or more per month. We invite you to consider becoming a trailblazer. You can do this very simply by visiting our website, deeperwalkinternational.org trailblazers. If you want to keep going deeper with us on your walk with God, please subscribe to the On the Trail podcast, leave a review, and share with your friends. Thanks again. We'll see you back next week.